cheese And Santa put gifts under Christmas trees Decorate the house with lights at night Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright In the fireplace is the Yule log Beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog The rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of Gerald Like each and every year we bust Christmas carols Coming to you live from Race City, USA, it's Blind Spotting, the NASCAR podcast from a fresh, personal, and blue-collar take. Race reviews, race previews, the latest news, and more. And now, your hosts, Michael Colbert, Andrew Coates, and Travis Sherrill. All right, welcome back to Blind Spotting. This is episode number seven. We are taping tonight. It is December the 22nd, 2020, and this is our last episode of 2020. So glad to have you back with us, and uh, we hope that you've been following us on Twitter at NASCAR Blind Spot. want to give a big shout-out to Adam Peter Shim for doing our opening music, and you can also find him on Twitter at AP Shin Music, at AP Shin Music. And once again, our Twitter handle is at NASCAR Blind Spot. So we hope that everybody is doing well. Hope that everybody's excited for Christmas. It's coming up in just a few days. And uh, I don't know, Santa Claus is going to be good to some and not so good to others, but hopefully he'll be good to the three of us. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrew Coates and Travis Sherrill. Welcome back, guys. Hope everything's yeah. been going well. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, things are good. Um, seeing if old Santa's going to come see us. You know, here in North Carolina, he um, kids, you better get into bed early because old Santa Claus is going to have to be out of our state by 10 p.m. Curfew. Eastern time on Christmas Eve. Wow, Travis, with the hot political drop. Thank you, Governor Roy Cooper. And uh, I want to... If you want to join us on our podcast anytime, Roy, come on down. We're right here, as always, at the Cottle Creek Compound, Highway 3, as you are heading out of Morrisville, going to Kannapolis. The Dale Earnhardt Trail. The Dale Earnhardt Trail. That's right. We, we named that copyright. Up here in the crow's nest. Blind spotting. Yes. Let's, let's do a lot, a lot of copyrights and trademarks and what have yous. So, let's get right into the news of the day. We don't have a tremendous amount, but I'm going to start. Uh, this is from NASCAR.com. Ed Clark. Sounds like your uncle or your, your sister's older husband, you know, that comes around. It's still kind of weird, but... Uh, you know, he's, he's a nice guy, so it's we're, we're cool with it. Ed Clark, who retired this season after 25 years as president of Atlanta Motor Speedway, was honored today as the 2020 recipient of the prestigious Buddy Schumann Award. The award, it's now in its 64th year, recognizes individuals and organizations whose efforts and contributions have helped to advance the sport of Stock car racing. It is named for pioneering driver Lewis Greer Buddy Schumann, who perished in a hotel fire in 1955. It seems like a, a less than noble ending, but uh, Ed Clark spent the majority of his career with Speedway Motorsports, joining the company in 1981 after beginning his career at Bristol Raceway, now Bristol Motor Speedway. He worked in public relations at Charlotte Motor Speedway before shifting to the Atlanta Motor Speedway in 1992, first as the track's general manager and three years later as its president. So congratulations to Ed Clark, definitely a many years of service to the sport of stock car automobile racing. So, but right, uh, good on you, Ed. Way to go, buddy. That's a Merry Christmas to you. And uh, a happy birthday would have been number 86 for the Silver Fox. The Silver Fox, David Pearson, hailing from Spartanburg, South Carolina. One of the all-time greats. He's a Hall of Famer, uh, Motorsports Hall of Fame, NASCAR Hall of Fame, uh, you know, you name it. If there was a podcasting Hall of Fame, we would put him in as our inaugural class. NASCAR didn't do it, but he probably should have been, in my opinion. He was a good boy. Three cup titles. Three cup titles. Overall, head-to-head uh, versus uh, he and Richard Petty finished first and second a lot of times. And uh, more often than not, David Pearson uh, topped Richard Petty in those in those duels. And uh, he was really, really quite a, a talent. And uh, speaking of Richard Petty, Petty had high praises for Pearson, saying that he could beat you on a short track, he could beat you on a super speedway, he could beat you on a road course, he could beat you on a dirt track. 
It didn't hurt as bad to lose to Pearson as it did to some of these others because I know how good he was. Pearson said of Petty, likewise, I always felt that if I beat him, I beat the best. And I heard he said the same thing about me. So those guys uh, showing total respect for one another, and and they were uh, just outstanding talents uh, in the sport of NASCAR. And and NASCAR has those two guys at number one and number two on all time wins list. If I'm if I'm correct, two hundred and one hundred five. Is that is that right, guys? That's right. Yep. So happy birthday to the Silver Fox. Would have been eighty six today. We'll get in. We're gonna we're gonna talk about David a little bit more later on, and uh, and finally in Cup Series news, I guess it's not really Cup Series, but it's a Cup Series driver, Chase Elliott, the 2020 Cup champion, confirms that he's going to be in the Rolex 24. Uh, Hendrick uh, Motorsports driver, yes, sorry, Chase Elliott will compete in the 2021 running of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Rolex 24 in January at Daytona International Speedway. Elliott will return to the site of one of his five 2020 wins when he teams with Philippe Nasser, Pippo Durrani, and Mike Conway in the number 31 Whelan Engineering Cadillac DPVR to run the twice around the clock raced for the first time in his young career. So the Wheeling team will hopefully be dealing down there in Daytona. So uh, Jeff Gordon has done this before. I think Jimmy Johnson has done this before, and there are many others who participate in the Rolex 24. So I think it's definitely a feather of the cap uh, if you can win the thing. But just participating is a feat in itself. And so I, I Elliot, wanna, uh, oh, I mean, sorry, Michael, no, I was just going to say, it just go along, it goes along with what Elliot's been doing this entire offseason. I hope that he... Uh, takes a week to go somewhere and just chills out for a little while because, man, he has been busy. Well, I was just going to say, it's interesting he's running a Daytona prototype because, you know, those are the ones that, you know, a lot of the guys that run them are, are running the second, third, or fourth class, which there's still, you know, you're running for class and points. But when you're running a, a Daytona prototype, you've got international respect on your road course game. And uh, Felipe Nasser is a, formula, a former Formula One driver. That's, uh, that's a pretty big ride for him to get. Now, I'm sure that... Uh, He'll do just fine, but that, that's a that's a that's a pretty big pretty got pretty big opportunity for him. I think it's not just running around in the back with, you know, one of the you know Porsches or or one of the the non prototype mm-hmm. cars. It's gonna be really interesting yeah. to see. Travis, what do you think about any of that? Yeah, I mean, just um, Chase Elliott. Just he, he loves to race, you know, and he's representing the sport of NASCAR extremely well. I would say, you know, running all these different races. You know, happy birthday to David Pearson. Of course, he's um, no longer with us anymore, but uh, certainly a legend in NASCAR. And the the crazy thing about him, guys, and we'll get into more of this a little bit later, there were a lot of years when they he won a championship, and they never ran the full schedule. That's right. You know, they ran mm-hmm. super speedways, you know, tracks like Michigan and places like that. They didn't go to short tracks. I don't think they went to the road courses, you know, so that's incredible. And you would never, um, you know, NASCAR would never grant a waiver just because you don't want to run in these days. But it shows you how the sport has changed that he was able to not run the rate, all the races and still come out with a championship. Yeah, he ran only about 70% of the races. Yeah. And. One of the years he ran, he won sixty. He won two out of every three races he entered. So what? He, was, he was a hell of a talent. And, and in 1974, to put kind of put that in perspective, in 1974, a NASCAR describes that season as a cons- consistent greatness, finishing third in the overall season points, but only competing in 19 of the 30 races. Yep. I mean that's coming. That's coming. <laughs> unloading your car and kicking some ass right there. That's what David Pearson did. The Silver Fox, and he was called that. Because he was very calculating. He came to the track and tried to find your weakness. He tried to find a way to exploit a mistake. He was cunning. He was not not devious, but he was there to win. And I don't know if you ever noticed, but every picture, he just makes every picture that he's in a hell of a lot cooler. I mean, David Pearson was just cool. He was like, so he was, Paul Newman, you know, played the role of Cool Hand Luke. I think he was just playing David Pearson in that movie because David Pearson was cool as the other side of the pillow, as the great Stuart Scott likes to say. Yeah, and if you take out the 80s when he was running 10 or less races a year, 
He run he won about one out of every five races. You you put that on today's thirty six race schedule. That's seven wins a year, every year. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a I'm just a big hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. I think he still might win a race today, even in this, uh, you know, just roll him out there. It's a shame because by the time you and I were old enough to see him, he was, you know, he he was already at the twilight of his career. His last race was in 1980. He tried, 86. 86. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 1986 was his last last race. So, yeah, again, happy birthday, David Pearson. Uh, You know, that was... uh, he is definitely one of the ones we'd love to have seen more of in person, but just wasn't in our, during our time. So that takes care of the news of the day, and uh, we're going to jump right in. Just to, just having some fun tonight, wrapping up 2020. We're going to have some discussions that may, uh, you know, not we're not looking to ruffle any feathers, but if some feathers get ruffled, we're okay with that. So uh, you can uh, you can. Let us know how you feel about what we have to say on Twitter or wherever. You can call us, and you can show up right here at the Kyle Creek Combine. We can step outside and talk about it. What do you think about that? That's right. All right. Woo! Let's go! All right. Now, so do we want to get into this uh, Mount Rushmore discussion first? Yeah, let's do that. And we're going to put a little different twist on it. We're going to talk about an all-time, but I liked what Andrew came up with tonight. He said, let's do a 2020 Mount Rushmore. So since this was your topic that you... That you brought to the table. What do you think is the the 2020 the Mount Rushmore? And for those of you that are living under a rock, Mount Rushmore is in South Dakota, and it's a rock, and it is a huge <laughs> rock. I guess you are living under it. Four the four four presidents up on that rock. We got Washington, Lincoln, uh, Jefferson, and uh, don't tell me don't tell me the last one, uh, Teddy. Yep. Ted, Teddy R. With his glasses. That's right. So I, well, I, yeah, I did the engraving work on the glasses. So, yeah, I noticed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot older than I looked. Um, look, still uh, 27. Look 27. I'm, I'm really 97. So, 2020 Mount Rushmore, top four drivers of 2020. And we're just doing the Cup Series. Andrew, take, take it away. I think there's three easy choices for me. I think Harvick and Hamlin by far were the stars of the show. And it, it's shocking, actually, that neither one of those guys won the title. I think not as strong a case, but he was the champion. He won five races. He started to dominate towards the end of the year. I think I think I'd put Elliott up there. And then you look through and 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 you know, Kozlowski had four wins, Logano had three wins, and a lot of guys had one win. So I'm gonna come up with a kind of a name a little bit out of left field. I think he's on the Mount Rushmore for how he ran, but they shot themselves in the foot all season and didn't finish where they should. And that's that's the nineteen car. So I'm gonna put the nineteen car up there as my fourth. What do you think, Travis? Yeah, I uh, Harvick for sure, and there may be those of you that say he can't be on the Mount Rushmore because he wasn't in the Final Four. I don't believe in that. He won, uh, you know, the most races of anybody, so he's definitely up there. Hamlin's up there. Uh, Elliot is definitely up there because he's the champion. And you know that that fourth one, that fourth one's a tough one. But I think because of how he ran toward the end of the year. You know what? I'm going I'm to change it up, and I'm going to agree with you, Andrew. I think if the 19 car had not gotten so many penalties uh, pre-race, if they, I mean, they just shot themselves they in the foot over and over and, and over speeding again. Speeding penalties. And, uh, you know, I, I think, and we, t- I think we even said this, I don't know if we said it on the podcast, but I think we, I know we said it in person. I think the loss of Cole Pern really had an mm-hmm. impact on that team. Uh, I'm going to put the 19 up there. I'm going to agree with you. Michael. What do you think, Michael? Who would you agree? Well, with those? you know the same the same uh, top three. I mean, I think you've got to go with definitely with uh, Harvick and Hamlin, and then um, the eventual champion Elliott. Um, your number four is is tough for me. You know, for lack of a better a better choice, I, I would I would have to agree with you on the, on the Truex decision. I think you could easily. Um, Go with uh, Logano Keselowski. Keselowski was, you know, often always in the mix. He's a he's a pretty yeah. consistent runner. Um, and the twenty two, you know, ran really well, but they had a win early, like third or fourth race of the year, and then they went like twenty races, I think, Travis, before yeah. they won race two. And I mean, they were running top ten, but another team that just shot themselves in the foot a lot, it seemed, mm-hmm. uh, or or gotten weird wrecks or accidents and. 
Uh, I really debated, you know, maybe maybe the two car was the one, uh, but then it just looks like I picked the four that had the most wins, and that's a little bit of a. And I guess there's some truth in that, but well, yeah, uh, there's a yeah, there's a connection there, I think. Um, but I, yeah, there's a couple guys you could put in the four spot, so I think we're overall in agreement. Yeah, you know, with that, a little easier this year, I yeah. think, because of the two that were so dominant in the regular season, and and then Elliott came on strong in the playoffs. But you, you want to do an unrush more? But you know what's cool about bottom that guy? four? I, I like the bottom <laughs> four idea. Let's do it. But you oh, know, gosh. let me let me just say this: what's cool about that is. It's really, well, I think it's cool that our the the Mount Rushmore is not the top four in points. Yeah, you know that's that's cool. That that's the type of thing, and, and I know it's just our opinion, but that's the type of thing that keeps people watching. You know, right? It, it, because if it's yep. if it's the top four every year, you know, and and I know the top four changes, but I just think that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, so as far as a bottom four, we don't we don't really have to do that. Um, I think we got I, some questions that can take care of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I could okay. tell you who my bottom four would be, and, okay. I, and these are going to be not your very back markers. Um, yeah. I think Almirola is one. Hmm. Um, I yeah, I think you can't get out in the first round of the playoffs when you're running for Stewart Haas. Um, now you're going to say, well, Cole Custer did. Yeah, he's a rookie. Uh, I think Eric Jones, and that cost him his ride, even though. Yes, he had a nasty accident. I think Ryan Newman just sucked all year. And then lastly, and, and you had to cut him a little bit of slack, but you know who was terrible was the 42 car was just god-awful, Matt Kenseth. Now, I know he's 48, but I was shocked. I mean, he finished... Now, granted, he didn't run all the races, but he finished 28th in the standings. Well, I guess you could say that's a four the four underachievers, but I've got some other you know. I've got that's a that's a. I've got four. Oh, four, two, got different, four different, right. got yeah. two different. I got two different ones. Got? Go yeah. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I like your Kenseth one. That's a good one. But totally not totally. I'm not totally surprised that he ran the way that he did, um, because he got thrown into thrown into that deal. He did, and but, um, yeah. you know he had never driven a a package like they were running. So that's kind of that's unfair. Fair. That's fair. Um, so Kenseth for sure. Uh, I'm going to throw Ryan Priest and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in there. I get it that JTG Doherty Racing is not a Hendrick Motorsports, but they're better than the way that their drivers performed. And we're gonna. I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, and then my fourth one is 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 going to be Ryan Newman. You know. I, and I don't think it's it's necessarily Ryan Newman's fault. I think it's who he's driving for. Yeah, although the 17 finished where in the standings? 21st? Yeah. It wasn't that much better. You're right. So that's not great equipment. But to give you, Ryan Priest finished 29th in the overall standings, and he started every race. Mm-hmm. Matt Kenseth finished ahead of him. So yeah. by a chunk, by a whole race worth. Yeah. So, I mean, Ryan Priest is right in front of LaJoy, Suarez, Poole, and Huff. Yeah, that's not good. That's that's not where you want to be. Yeah, uh, that's it. What about you, Michael? Where- well, I, you know, I, I would agree with some of those. Um, you know, I think yeah, this kind of comes into go later on. You know, Blaney, uh, more of an underachievement, and then uh, Busher. I'm ready for Busher to get his second win. You know, mm-hmm. and the first one was a rain. And, and I keep hearing well, this equipment, this and that, the other thing. And maybe it is the team. Maybe it is the team he's for. But I, I mean, I, he seems like he's a talented kid. They pinpointed him to run. Oh my gosh, the uh, the gen, uh, the next gen car yep. down there in Daytona. Daytona. So I mean, you know, let's ma- let's go, Chris Busher. Let's get it done in twenty twenty one. Don't let's, forget, let's, let's let's go, buddy. Do you remember who he beat for his Xfinity title? He beat Elliot, and El- Elliot won, and then stayed in the Xfinity series. And Busher beat him, and and it wasn't a fluke. I mean, Busher outran him all year, and legitimately won that title. I think he had five or six wins that year, Travis. If yeah. I don't re. And then when he got to the Cup Series, people said, oh, well, he's in a garbage car. And now I don't think he ran the 17 any better than Stenhouse did. You know, his only win is a rain-slash-fog-shortened win at Pocono. That's right. Uh, several years ago. So, Well, let's move on to our all-time. Our let's all-time uh, Rushmore. And um, are we just going to give three to start? I mean, the set the three seven times are they just automatic or well? Let's you know, just go through them and see. Right, look, okay. Just what what do you, Travis? Why don't you start us? Yeah. What are you? What's your top four all time? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the three, the the Earnhardt, 
Petty and the Jimmy Johnson. But that fourth one is crowded. You know, um, I'm going to go with Jeff Gordon Mm -hmm. as my fourth. And, you know, it has to do with, yes, 93 victories. Four titles. Four titles. Uh, We know that at some point he's going to take over Hendrick Motorsports. We also know that he's given back to the sport by being in the broadcast booth. And I also like all the work that he's done for the Levine Children's Hospital uh, here in the Charlotte area. Uh, I think that's something that goes unnoticed a lot. And um, I'm going to give that spot to Gordon. I'll My, go next. Um, so yeah, go. I think that you've got to, you know, I think you've got to go with Earnhardt. I think that uh, I agree with Jeff Gordon uh, just simply based on the night, you know, he had 93 wins and such a wide variety uh, of wins. You know, he won in a lot of different places, a lot of different ways, and over a, a long period of time. You know, if we're, if we're ranking the top four drivers, I really want to drag David Pearson into that, into mm-hmm. that mix. Mm-hmm. You know, he ran a shortened you know, schedules a lot of times, but man, when he was out there running, he was a formidable opponent. And as I pointed out earlier, earlier in the races that he and Richard Petty ran in at the same time, Pearson came out on top more often than Petty did. And, you know, Petty's 200 wins, you know, it's been documented and discussed that, that maybe not all those were legitimate wins. Well, the last one sure as hell wasn't. So, you know, it's, and I, and I would, I'm going to get a lot of flack on this. You know, it may not be just because he's won seven titles. I don't know if you say that he's one of the top four drivers of all time. I'm not saying I'm not putting him in my top four, but so right now I've got Jeff Gordon, I've got Dale Earnhardt, and I've got David Pearson. Uh, So number four is, uh, is, is tough. Um, you've got Jimmy Johnson there. You've got Richard Petty. You've got so many uh, really, really talented. You know, what if Tim Richmond had lived longer? You know, would we be? Would he be part of this discussion? He didn't. So I, I, I don't think you have enough of a body of work to. You know, I think he's definitely uh, up there, but not not a top four. I just don't think you could put him there. So you know, if you're gonna hold a gun to my head based on the competition that he had to race against and the four or five in a row. Five, five in, a row. in a row. For Jimmy Johnson. Yep. I think that's my top four. Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, and David Pearson. It's hard to disagree. I it mean, is, but I, I, I'm going to... I mean, I, With I, Richard Petty is number five. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have a hard time. Yeah. So it depends on what you define as Mount Rushmore. If you say it is true driving talent, I'm going to take a slightly different approach. I'm going to say it's holistic. And so the only NASCAR driver, even today, that people know out of context mm-hmm. is Richard Sure, Petty. absolutely. And so if you're looking at it from a holistic... So he's absolutely number one for me. Number two, the late 80s and mid-90s explosion and then his death shaped NASCAR for 40 years. And that's obviously Earnhardt. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's been a bigger personality. Now, he was not the ambassador Jeff Gordon was. But I, I have to put, and you guys are going to call me a homer, I'm going to put Daryl Waltrip as number three. Three okay. titles, okay. most wins in the modern era, 25 years in the broadcast booth. Huge influence on the sport. And then I've actually got a tie for fourth between Jeffrey Gordon and Junior Johnson. Because I think Junior Johnson was one of the stalwarts. Not only was he a hell of a driver for with 50 career wins and two titles, right? I think. I think that's right. But he was a car owner mm-hmm. and really, really helped NASCAR come out of the dark ages. Sure. And then with Gordon, as you guys have both said, if it wasn't for the golden boy coming out of California, the 90s, 2000s revolution would not have happened. Right. And then his contribution. Now... If he calls races for another 15 years, mm-hmm. I would supplant Daryl Waltrip with Jeff Gordon. Mm-hmm. But Waltrip has the advantage that he's 20 years older, 25 years older. So do you put 
can you put Darrell Waltrip and Junior Johnson on on the same at the same top at the top of the same hill because wasn't one really successful because of the other that goes both ways was there would Darrell Walter yeah. be Darrell Walter without Junior Johnson not at all and would Junior Johnson be be Junior Johnson without Darrell Walter I mean I think you can make definitely make so. that, that argument that one yeah yeah maybe um you know and Darrell made the decision to go to Hendrick in 86 um and I think he should have won the 89 title he they just didn't get it together he had six wins and then I think he made the ill-fated decision to start his own team. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then, well, but that's, you know, you know that's I, what it credit is. for those guts. But man, I think, you know? I think yeah. Johnson, uh, excuse me, I think that, that part of the reason I have Waltrip High is, is not just the driver part, but the 25 years he's done after. He was the voice to the layman. He was the, the, the guy that bridged the gap between old NASCAR and new NASCAR for me. Um, and again, maybe that's me being a homer, but... Um, no, that's fine. I, I, I but I you're right. They are, more. they are. In, but I would say that. Uh, so right now it would be Petty, Earnhardt, Waltrip, Gordon, and Johnson, and that's a little bit of a cop out. So my, that's okay. My only cop out to that is that I feel bad for somebody because somebody's gonna fall off the mountain. Well, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be Daryl as soon as Gordon finishes his broadcast career. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And then you know, right, right there. And I think you make a good point on what define what Mount Rushmore is. Is it is it just your uh, how good of a driver you were, right. are, or was it your overall contributions? And to that's the sport why of Pearson and, and and yes, people can sure. argue Jimmy was I, a behind the scenes kind of sure. guy. But that's why I don't have Pearson and Johnson there. Another guy that I think will creep up. I don't think he's going to supplant those. But but you know, three titles, forty nine wins, two you know car owner. If he's in the sport another twenty years, Tony Stewart's going to get up in that top six, seven. What you smoking, boy? You gonna are you Smoke. gonna you gonna go ahead and tout Chase Elliott, and then you then you'll have all three of your, uh-huh, your guys. No, on I the, can't do that. On the can't Mount do Rushmore. That. Well, you know his dad's a <laughs> great example, right? You know yeah, yes. of yeah. of somebody who was a hell of a driver, but wasn't. And even Chase is not. He's not the kind of dynamic guy that you know. Jimmy was really good with the media. Jeff was dynamic and engaging and. Chase isn't mm-hmm. really right, you know, and and and, it, and well, it's a, he's such a young guy. He so, is, but, but and he's from Dawsonville, Georgia, and you know we heard from Mr. Flay last week. I mean, he grew up learning on little places like yeah. like uh, North Wilkesboro, and, tra- and he's just he's I he think hasn't he's got more there of yet. A, and I also think he's more of an introvert than an extrovert, and that's okay. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, as somebody like a Harvick or a Kyle Busch, who when you say you're the Cup champion, what do you think about this? Well, I think it's stupid. Like you're never going to hear like. The sound bites that are good, bad, or indifferent that go to the national media, mm-hmm. you're not going to get those out of much out of Chase Elliott. Granted, it's early. You got a problem flipping somebody off, though. I think he did That's that. That's true. You got a problem with That's that. That's true. What were you going to say? You were, you were going to give me some hell about it, Travis. No, I was just going to say, how many years did Bill Elliott drive? I, I had two points to make. What? Uh, like, I don't know. 23, 24? Okay, so he drove 20, let's just say 24 years. I don't know what the number was. I'll look was. it up while you're talking. Um. But my point is that Bill Elliott had 44 career wins. Chase just completed his fifth season in Cup. Is that right? Fifth. Fifth season in Cup. He's a quarter of the way there. So I just think it's interesting. And he's already got his championship. His dad only had one championship. Bill was part-time until 82, and then 83 through 2003, he was full-time. Okay, so... 21 years full-time. Yeah. But he spanned 38. Yeah. My other point that I was going to make, I know I had Richard Petty on my, my, my Mount Rushmore, but I'd be curious to see if he could, how he would do the way that it is today. With yeah. With the point system, with the cars the way that they are. I mean... The competition wasn't nearly what it is today back when he won all of his championships. Yeah, and if you just go on pure driving talent, I think you probably have to put David Pearson at the top of that list. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree you, with you know, that. And, and then I think, I think people like Gordon and Johnson and Stewart and some of those guys, Kevin Harvick, I know these are some newer guys, Junior Johnson, some of these just wheelmen, you know, that... Uh, so I think it's this, and we have to come back to that and define the problem a little better so we can we can discuss it. I think we had also uh, anything else we want to do on that Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I'm good with moving on. We've yeah. got a couple let's do it things. on. We got a couple so, other things here. Yeah, and I, I again, uh, Andrew, some good topics tonight. We're gonna have a little fun with this. So 
some Christmas-inspired questions. Um, the first one, who is going to get a stocking full of coal this year? So uh, which, uh, which driver is mo- most deserving of a stocking full of coal this year? Andrew? Well, you'd want to say Harvick, but I don't I don't think you nah. can do that and then say he's nah. getting into Mount Rushmore. I got two guys. I think Eric Almarola, I mentioned earlier, I think he's severely underperformed. And I know he missed a race with COVID, but he got an exemption. I think Jimmy Johnson should have made the playoffs. I, I, I think 18th is unacceptable now. I say that as a guy who watched Stewart finish 20th in the standings his last couple of years. But I really expected Jimmy to be – he was more competitive this year. More competitive this year than he has been in the previous couple – I expected him to make the playoffs. He's the one that kind of gets, and I know that seems pretty, pretty mean, you know, guys. Farewell, swan song. But I really think he should have made the playoffs. What do you think, Travis? Uh, I don't disagree with those. Uh, I'm going to add Matt Kenseth to that list. <laughs> I know that he's 48. I know that he, you know, had never run this package before. But if you look how Kurt Busch ran in the Ganassi cars, sure, he only had one win. McKenzie should have run better, and they even made a crew chief change not long after he took over. Didn't turn out any positive results. Uh, he finished, was it second at one of the races? I can't remember which one. I, I think Kenseth. Yeah, and, and the one car ran top 15, if not top 10, almost every week. They couldn't finish it. Yes. But, I mean, there was 20 positions. I mean, you know, Kurt Busch is running 12th, 30 laps in, and the 42 is getting lapped. Yep. I mean, it was it's pretty bad. Well, I'm gonna give it to to Harvick, not for the reason who who did he who did he try to who was he trying to spin Johnson out, spin wasn't out it? to make the uh, make it to the top. He was trying to get that one spot and no, it was um, Kyle Busch. Oh, it was Kyle Busch. That's right. Okay, Kyle Busch also tried. So you're gonna to say that move gives him the stock yeah, of coal for I, I being just, an ass? I just didn't like it like like that move a whole lot. And uh, Kevin might not. But listen, Kevin, if you ever listen to this or. Or Rodney, if you ever listen to this, I I would have done the same, <laughs> same done thing, the same thing in, the right. same, in the same <laughs> spot. But I had to pick somebody, so that that's my pick. But just for that fun reason. Oh, behave! <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby! Yeah. All right, next, um, our Rudolph Award. Who stood out unexpectedly? Who so? Who was a surprising driver in the Cup Series this year? Andrew, I, I've got a few for different reasons. I think the one that struck out the most, I thought John Hunter Nemechek ran above his station uh, as a rookie. I mm-hmm. thought he ran yeah, well. Sure. I think Michael McDowell outperformed that car, and it wasn't just on the road courses. I think he ran pretty well. Uh, Cole Custer, I think, had a great rookie season. I think all you can ask out of that kid is to make the playoffs. Yeah, he got eliminated in the first round, but you know what? He's up against the best in the world in a stock car. And then I think somebody had a little bit of a breakout season for me. and I wouldn't say it's unexpected necessarily, but I think he, you know, Alex Bowman made the final eight. You know, he hasn't yeah, been anywhere sure. close to that competitive Long time before. Coming. Yeah. So I, I think he's, if I had to really pick one, the one that actually struck me the most was Nemechek. You know, the fact that he would run mm-hmm. top 20 every week yep. in a terrible race car. What do you think, Travis? I got two. Uh, and they kind of come out of the same camp. Uh, one is Austin Dillon. I think we saw that team oh, yeah. really turn around this year. Uh, and, and I, I think that we can't forget that Andy Petrie's back over there as the competition director. That's right. And I think that's really helped out a lot. My second one, and you may think I'm crazy for this one, but Bubba Wallace, Mm. you know, at the, at the beginning of the year, he had some top five and top 10 runs going and had some freak thing, like had a couple of hubs break in a couple of races, had, you know, just some crazy things happen, negated a lot of, good finishes that I felt like he could have had. He and Jerry Baxter uh, really, you know, he he outperformed that race car for sure most of the year. Yeah, and I, I think if you look at, you know, the what do they call that data, you know, the data, the, you know, the metrics on cars past, running position. Oh, all, the loop data. Loop data. If you look at all that loop data, he definitely ran better than his, his standings indicate. Yeah, I think he was pretty competitive. Uh, so, Travis, you stole mine. I was going to say Austin Dillon just because I like the way that he was really going after and he was very competitive. And, I, and I, I, he earned a little bit more respect for me this year um, just because he, he really was going after it a couple times. And, uh, well, not just a couple times, but every time. But he really, when he had a chance to win, he really went for it. And um, I can appreciate that. And um, Reddick, 
uh, I thought was very competitive and ran and ran. Mm-hmm. Where you'd always see him a lot of times the top ten. Well, here's this you know Reddick again, and so I think he's got a had got a bright future. So those are my two. Um, next, our mistletoe, M I S S L E mistletoe. Who is going to be leading the pack in 2021? So who is uh, who's? I guess our pick. Are we picking a a champion? Well, I ju- I just think yeah. Who's running up front every week? Who who's the guy to beat? Who's the Hamlin think, and Harvick? I well, I think it's I think it's going to be, I think Hamlin's going to have a full plate. I think he's going to get distracted with that. And but I think mm. Harvick and that team over at Stewart Haas. I think Hungry. Harvick and Childers and those guys. I think they're going to come back with something to prove. Oh, if you don't leave me alone, you're going to have to send me home, cause I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Uh, get I think I I would be surprised if they're not in the uh the final four. So I think they've got uh they're gonna come in with something to prove. And uh, you know, Harvick has got a lot of wins. Uh I don't know how much longer he's gonna race. And um yeah, I think that team's gonna gonna come out and be on fire. Can they sustain it? Um we'll see. What do you think, Travis? Yeah, I, I have to agree. I think Harvick's motivated and look if they if they don't perform this year um, I think you may see a, a change either on the crew chief side of things or, you know, Harvick may decide, okay, you know, I, I don't, done. I don't want to deal with this whole yeah. next gen car thing. Uh, let me, you know, let me just ride off into the sunset. Let me, let me go to the broadcast booth or whatever he decides he's going to do next. Um, but I, I, I have to say Harvick. Yeah. And his kids are getting a little, um, his son's racing. Yeah. Now. So and uh, you know, with Jimmy Johnson, his girls started getting a little bit older, and he wanted to spend some more time with them and devote that um, video he did. You know, they've supported me in my dreams. Isn't that's my time to support them and theirs? So maybe he takes that route, and he's getting to that point um, with his family. All right. Um, oh, but, I don't get a chance. No. <laughs> okay. Because it's gonna. I mean, uh, Travis, who do you think it's gonna be? Let's oh, see if you sh- can predict. Real mine. shocker. Who who's gonna be leading the pack for Andrew Coates oh, in two thousand twenty one? The, the, the oh, I see you have engine, a, you have another version of the shirt on tonight. You've got en, engine shirt. engine number nine. Yeah, so I do, have do. three. You're Harvick for sure, Elliot, and I don't know if you can guess my third one. Bubba Wallace. Nope. I'm gonna guess Cole Custer. Nope. Okay. Who you uh, Chase Briscoe. The double deuce. And I hate him. Ooh, I think he's gracious. Front. <laughs> I can't stand him. But I Why? think wow. I just think. Why they didn't the, ran. They didn't run poorly last year. They just no, didn't close I, the no, deal. But he's always a favorite. Uh, I, I just have okay. a. I just have a feeling that that guy is going to be a championship contender for the next decade. I just he's still what he's not even thirty. He sounded absolutely. So, so I, I just have a feeling he's going to be all right. Uh, he's going to be a force. I, I can respect that. I I can respect you saying that. I never thought I'd. But you came around on Jimmy Johnson so, eventually. So yeah, I, just because I, like I just because I believe it doesn't mean I like. I'm glad it. you're growing as a person. It's good to see this per, this person. I'm maturing. Growth. So let me just let me just ask this question. So and take your take your fan hat off for just a second, yeah. Coates. <laughs> so you don't think that there will be a championship hangover in 2021 from the nine? Yes, not with seven road courses. Okay, now. Or does that add some pressure? Well, there's seven road courses. Maybe, so, maybe. Yeah, I guess but you're you know, be they, the final they four, did right? not run well at the beginning of the year. I mean, they were running fifteenth every week. Mm-mm. So it depends. You know, I think if you talk about who's going to get out of the gate strong, the four car always leads the standings all year. I mean, it's, it's, yep. it's, you know, um, I think number of wins. That's where I was thinking with Elliot and Logano. I just see as a championship threat. When that, you know, as much as I hate to say it, if you got one race to win and you can't pick Kyle Busch, I think you might pick Joey Logano. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And I think that uh, I think the five is going to come in with something to prove as well. I think Kyle Larson might have something to say about all of this. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he's better. Sure. All right, um, misfit toys. I like that. Uh, who needs to pick it up? Who needs to get get uh, poop or get off the pot in 2021? <laughs> well, <Travis>? <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> go for you another curve. <laughs> I think Christopher Bell needs to, and 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 that's not a criticism of the fact that he was a rookie or he ran the '95 car, but he ran 20th or so in the standings. He's going to be at a regular Gibbs car. He's got to pick it up, and I think not in terms of pace or performance, in terms of you know loop date and all that. But we talked earlier. I think Truex they got to they you know they got to take the, the 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 bullets out of the gun and quit shooting themselves in the foot. 
So th- those are the two for me that I think really have to pick it up next year. Or who am I would expect to see pick it up? I'm going to agree with you on one in Christopher Bell. Look, Toyota has basically given him everything that he needs. Mm-hmm. You know, they kicked Eric Jones out of a ride. They... They the, made room for him in the 95 by putting yeah, to Benedetto. The, kid, the kid's under a ton of pressure, and it's because people think that he's a good race car driver. He's a great race car driver. He has to perform, and I think he has to win multiple races Get her done. in 21. Yeah. I, I don't think one is good enough. I think he, especially... With Adam Stevens as his crew chief. With a championship crew chief on your mm-hmm. side, you have to win multiple races. And if you look at his pedigree, he comes out of the Larson Stewart kind of camp. Yep. So people have, fair or not, certain expectations of him. Yep. Uh, and he's going to need to live up to them. My other one, I mentioned him earlier, Stenhouse. <laughs> I, think, I think if he doesn't keep it between the concrete or the safer barriers this year, or in 21, and if he doesn't win on something other than a restrict or a super speedway, he may run his last race in NASCAR in 21. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Hmm, maybe so. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with a lot of uh, the names that you guys have thrown out there. Um, and, you know, I, as much as I hate to say it, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan, and I pull for this guy all the time. And... Um, the most exciting I got was when he had a chance to win at Talladega. But Matty D, yeah, you gotta get, you gotta get, you gotta get it done, man. Get it done. You know the Wood Brothers brought you back for another year, and you've only got one year. We know that because there's uh, there's somebody coming to uh, to take your place in that ride the following year, and so you're gonna be looking for a spot. I doubt the Wood Brothers are gonna have two teams. And listen, there's nobody that's gonna pull for you more than me, Matty D. But you got you got to figure out a way to get it done. And uh, this is the second year with the team. Uh, same crew chief, as far as I know, Greg Irwin. Yes. And um, you know, a year of experience together with those guys behind your back. You, you let uh, let's get it done, Matt. Let's let's get it done, and uh, let's get a win. Being competitive and close, I mean, it's it's wonderful. It's a great story. I mean, I think everybody wants to see you win. Uh, so, yeah. so I'd love to. I'd and love if to he see doesn't win, he has to finish in the top ten in the standings. Sure, and make I mean, it to the next round. To. You got it. Yeah, and 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 it's great you made it playoffs, and that was a that was a good step. But we've we got to get that win. The, we got to proceed. And in the, the Wood playoffs. Brothers has not been a destination ride for what fifteen years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my point. I, you know, I, I understand booting De Benedetto for Cendric in twenty two. I don't know that he's going to have any more success. Than De Benedetto. Yeah. You know, it's no, right. It's yeah, just and a, I know I know that that's a de facto fourth Penske car, but there's still something. Well, it's missing like the ninety five with Bell. I mean, it, it's not one of the shop cars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't think it's the driver at all. I just think that um But I think this is an audition for him all year. I think I think he knows going in that you know, last year he expected they told him he was gonna have a an answer by what into September yep. and it dragged out until November. Mm-hmm. So that totally hurt him. His finish at Talladega is really what saved him. I yeah. think. And so I think now he'll know he's going to be talking with people tomorrow and it's going to yep. have to be outside of the Ford camp because he is not Cendric and he is not bell. He's going to have to look mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yeah. Well, n- nothing but luck to you, Matt. Hopefully you get it pulled off Absolutely. and uh, we'll, we'll be pulling for you. All right. The candy cane. And, and I guess this kind of, Kind of goes into what we were just talking about. Who might get the hook in 2021? That kind of rolls into the topic yeah. we were just on. Sure. There was one name that bubbled up for me, and there's a second one, and I'll throw that one out there and see how controversial you think it is. But the first one is William Byron. I, I think that kid just has to take the next step. I don't disagree. He was going to be Especially with uh, the yeah. five car. Uh, you know, I, I understand, but they moved him up to cup quick, and he has got to perform. Otherwise, you become Ricky Craven. Right, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you. What do you think, Travis? I mean, what? But he has no more wins than Chase Elliott did at this point. Totally in his understand. Totally, it's a fair point. I get it. But he's going to have a third crew chief in four years, right? Or two, no, third crew chief in three years, right? Well, you can't blame this one on him because yeah, this boss man got promoted. Or, yeah. Well, yeah. I but don't. the other one, maybe it's not. What about Blaney? Blaney just signed a multi-year deal. Did he? Yeah. Okay. But he also needs to get get some going. He, he's yeah, he needs he's to, definitely yeah. underperforming over sure. there. And 
I don't know. Is it youth? Is it got too many other priorities? He certainly doesn't. Of course, you know, let's look at old sliced bread. He didn't run well his first six or seven years either. So maybe I'm being too hard on these young guys. Well, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just need a change of scenery. Yeah. I wonder so if... So on that... To- go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that that's a good point. Maybe he has to go somewhere else. On that topic of sliced bread, there was a, a video um, that I saw the other day. I guess it was on Twitter of... Um, Look, I guess Logano's son's out running. They're running. They've got a little dirt track set up or something for him to practice on. But his son was out running three years old, and somebody made a comment. He said something like, "Oh, there goes little sliced and roll, <laughs> <laughs> the son of white bread." <laughs> so I thought that was that was pretty. That's pretty hilarious. And was it Tony Stewart gave yeah, him that best name? Of, well, Mark, yeah, Mark, Mark Martin. Oh yeah, it was Mark. Ah, Martin. Mark Martin. Mark Martin. Well, there you go. Something else we could thank Mark but I, Martin yeah, for. Yeah. Well, that was our that was our list, and that kind of ties up 2020. Well, um, well my, Travis didn't give us his hook. Well, doggone it! I I am just all over the. I'm that's sorry. right. You just happened to agree with me on Byron, and what do you think, Travis? Who gets the hook next year? Who's not coming back? I think there's I think there's two. Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman. <laughs> Ryan Newman's one of them. Newman. Newman. <laughs> Got it. And I think the second one. Actually, actually, I'm going to go with an entire organization. I'm going to go with all of JTG Darty. Ah, um, I thought it was me. I thought you were going to say me. You know, that that team has been around long enough now where they need to start winning races. You know, and they're not progressing. They're not progressing. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. You know what I think set them back, and I know we're we're going to have to cut this discussion short. I think when they put Ambrose in the car, that really stunted that organization a few years ago. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. Just I, I wonder if they didn't go down the wrong direction. That guy was a super GT guy. Anyway, they just have not run well. They st- you know they have they have points, but you're right they they were terrible this year. Yeah, and they were terrible the year before. And you know Stenhouse, yeah, he's got two Xfinity championships. But he's done nothing in the Cup Series except win a couple of yeah, super. So does Randy races. LaJoy, um, right? I mean, so does Randy LaJoy have two Xfinity championships? Yeah. So, so that's cool. That that's usually a predictor of success. But let's also not. And then Sam Art had, of course, he never really wanted to run the next series. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think I think Stenhouse is uh, he's going to have to he's going to have to outperform his equipment if he wants to stay. In the top series, but I out, see him being a guy that goes down and um, truck series. But outperforming your equipment doesn't mean driving it to Into the, the point fence. where you get out of it more than it's capable of. And, and you know that 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 brings me to one other somebody I thought has grown a lot is uh, Corey LaJoy. Yes. Talk about somebody who couldn't keep it out of the fence. Yes, uh, and and that kid actually is really improved. And 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 um, you know I have to give him some kudos for that because. I mean, we used to joke a few years ago that Corey LaJoy was good mm-hmm. for at least one caution every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He looked like well, me on a simulator. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, that's, uh, yeah, and he's getting a lot of play over at Spire. Uh, and speaking of Spire, uh, just an hour ago or so, uh, there was a, an announcement, or I know there's been talk of this for a while, but Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, uh, is uh, going to get involved in racing and be. Uh, you know, partially supportive of the the group over at Spire Motorsports, and then possibly in twenty twenty two they're going to have a second team. So that's something we'll leave you with. Uh, uh, Sherry Pollux, uh, the longtime partner, put a ring on that thing, Martin. Come on, let's go, man. Uh, successful surgery. Uh, she had some uh, further ovarian uh, cancer issues, but uh, I believe was released from the hospital today. So we wish her a speedy recovery. And, um, and you know, she's had aggressive disease for a long time. Yeah. Just great for her. I mean, that's yeah. really great for her and Martin. I mean, she's, she's, she's really, I mean, we say these things like, oh, what an inspiration. She is really, what a strong woman she is. Unbelievable. Sure. She's fought it and beat it twice. twice. And so this is the third time. Let's hope the third time's the charm. Um, yes. you know, just, and, and, and just two quality people mm-hmm. uh, that do a lot for, for cancer research and, 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 and things of that nature. And you just hate to see this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, good, good that it seems like it was a success. Yeah, it does. And um, so our last, this is our last show of 2020, and uh, we will be back on January the 5th of 2021. That's our first episode of 2021, and we've got a real treat for everybody. We've got Matt McCall, crew chief of the number one Kurt Bush Mobile, 
and he is going to be joining us as our guest that night. So that is super exciting. We've got a cup crew chief joining us on our first episode of 2021. So from all of us, uh, you guys have anything else that you want to throw no. in? Happy holidays. Happy yeah. New Year. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Merry yeah. Christmas. Happy New Year. As always, you can follow us at NASCAR Blind Spot on Twitter. And we, uh, we, we really appreciate the listeners that we've had uh, taking time to listen to uh, this thing that we just, you know, we sat around and we talked about it and talked about it and said, we need to record this and just throw it out there and some people might like it. And we certainly have a lot of fun doing it. We hope that you enjoyed listening to it and we're just committed to getting better and better. And we know there's a lot of options out there and we appreciate uh, you choosing us as one of your options. So thank you so much. A merry, a very merry Christmas to everyone. We hope that the rest of 2020 is good for you and that 2021 gets off to an awesome, awesome start for all of our listeners, all of the folks in the racing world. And we are excited to be back here with you in January. So on behalf of Andrew Coates and Travis Sherrill, I am Michael Culbreth. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at NASCAR Blind Spot. Again, thank you to Adam Peter Shin for our opening introductory music number at AP Shin Music also on Twitter. And keep it racing, keep racing, keep it out of the fence, keep it out of the wall, and keep it moving fast, baby. Merry Christmas. We will see you soon right here at Blind Spotting. There's magic in Motown. The city's on the move. In Jackson, Mississippi. It's a peaceful Christmas time Christmas in Dixie It's snowing in the pine Merry Christmas from Dixie God bless y'all. We love you. Happy New Year. Good night. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.